Welcome to Seize the GM. I'm your host, Zended. I am your co-host, Jules. And I'm Garda Moje. Have you ever had a great idea for a campaign? Do you have a group of friends who want to play an RPG, but you have no one to run it? Do you want to see what the world is like behind the GM screen instead of in front of it? Well, we're here to help you do just that. Each week, the three of us will be discussing various GMing topics, terminology, maps, atmosphere, world building, you name it. So sit back and relax. Let us help you. Improve your art of GMing. One show at a time. To another episode of Season GM. Congratulations! Oh. <laughs> you have survived it. You survived I'm... missing our melodious tones. Yes, I'm sure that's exactly what they're thinking. Uh, <laughs> and they've even they've even managed to tune in. They've even managed to download to listen on what is best described as a, a somewhat special episode. It is. It is. Uh, we have. What do you mean by somewhat? This is like totally 31 flavors of awesome. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Come at me. Now this this is a a for those who remember this is pretty much most of the original Hidden Grid crew aside from a few the few season others. 3. Right. Yeah, Hidden the season grid. 3 yep. folks. Well, Isn't I mean, we have we have people. all the seasons present. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so, um, but what we're actually here to talk about is so so Opti, you have. I well, want, by the way. Hi, hold on, yeah, hold on. Let's let's back <laughs> okay. up for a second. Whatever. <laughs> for those of you, for those of you who have not been familiar with Hidden Grid. Uh, one of the members of Hidden Grid is Opti. And Opti, if you're a Shadowrun fan, you are acquainted with because the Neo-Anarchist Guide and his podcast mm-hmm. is the definitive source of in-world history and lore for Shadowrun fans. And he has also become a freelancer writing into the lore, the truth that he has brought to us on the podcast. And he put up with us on an actual play for a while. So, yeah, just, yep. Yep. we drove him a little so crazy. Many irons, so many fires. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're you're kind of looking around. It's just like, okay, if some weirdo with horns shows up, we've really got a problem. <laughs> so many fires. But yeah. So this is Opti, and he is a friend to all of us. And so if we seem a little bit familiar, it's because, well, we are. We are. We are. But we like instead him. of the most famous part of Opti's work right now, we're going to look at something that's about to come up. If you are listening to this when it downloads and goes live. You have a scant few days until the next big thing from Opti and his pals launch. And what we want to do is talk about uh, the world building and, and the GMing and looking forward into what's going to come out of this, well, I guess the posts are out there now, this Optiverse. Yes, the Optiverse. Which, which, <laughs> probably no, you don't have any Wow, that's, that's not pretentious at all. Well, see, <laughs> yeah, your ego's healthy there, you know, my buddy. <laughs> see, I, I, I'm glad that Gardemanger is here because he can, he can verify that that is not how this went down. 
That was like the last I know, like... <laughs> I, 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 Now, I, we will eventually get around to explaining what the Opiverse is. But when it was coming time to say, okay, we got to call this something... I said, of course, I could just be super pretentious and call it Optiverse, but I'd rather not do that. So <laughs> and then it I, immediately I becomes to, that. I went to my, I went to my club, and I said, okay, guys, so pick, help me pick a name. And I, they all just said, what about this? What about this? And then finally somebody goes, you know what? We don't care. Call it the Optiverse. It sounds cool. And I was like, I really would rather pick a different name. And they all went, it's too bad. Overruled. And we're calling it the Optiverse. And that that's swear to God how it went down. Oh, <laughs> I, I, know how they how bad, I understand but, how bad it seems, but Okay, honest, now wait, wait guy now hold on a second. So the Optiverse, what is it? Thank you for that leading question. Um or that direct question. <laughs> it is a direct uh, question. <laughs> thank you for that opportunity <laughs> to lead me to what I wanted to talk to next. Um uh the Optiverse is a brand new superhero universe um a la dc universe or marvel universe um nowhere near that influential or or popular or uh lucrative i'm sure uh but it is uh, a new universe a new world to play in um that we have created and we're going to be um in, in various forms of media building this up and making it a sort of cohesive broad uh, universe that uh, people can play in and that we're going to be playing in through um, Twitch and uh, YouTube actual plays, uh, probably podcasting those as well. Um, and, and we're starting off with one show, uh, and uh, that show is The Variance. Uh, and that's going to be hitting, I think you said, in four days if the show uh, appears on March 21st. Is that right? Yes. So yes, in in four days uh, from when this show airs on uh, Monday, March twenty fifth, the Optiverse proudly presents the variants will premiere on Twitch and then YouTube and then podcast. So yeah, nice. it's a, it's an AP using the Mutants and Masterminds third edition rule set. Oh, uh, which is a good Ooh. rule set. It's super fun. It's super fun. Yeah. Oh God, I'm in trouble. Now, I I should say I, I'll just keep talking. So if you want to ask a question, <laughs> hop in now. No, no. Here, uh, or here's else the, I can just start doing the, the origin story of the Optiverse. <laughs> uh, no, but here, here's the thing. A uh, uh, quick question on the side for people that don't know anything about uh, Third Ed Mutants and Masterminds. Um, you're got as uh, you're doing the actual play. You're gonna do a couple like rules drops and explaining oh how this works at least in the beginning. So. Your listeners are going to get comfy with that system, right? So it kind of like, ooh, and then they might be interested. And then if you have like a drive through RPG link, they can buy Mutants and Masterminds Third ID through drive through RPG. Nudge, nudge. Sure, of course. Um, I will say to to you, Jules, that um, I was sent a number of free rule books uh, to give to our players so that if you need one, I can just give you one if that's what I, you're talking about. <laughs> I, I do. I do. It's the the other thing is because, uh, well, let's just put this way. One of my good buds, Peter, really likes mutants and masterminds, and has been talking about all these things. But he does it in such a rapid fire manner, and I have no game to tie it to, kind of a thing. So I'm like, uh, derp. So this is it's, <laughs> mutants and masterminds. Third is about the simplest system for such a broad game I, I don't know how else to say it like it's it's d20 exclusively um so it only uses a d20 
Uh, it doesn't use hit points. It only uses statuses. And once you get your a handle on the rules, and there's only just really a handful of basic rules, yeah, um, you can really do an awful lot with it because it is the the powers and the character building that are the most complex rather than the rules themselves. Yeah. yeah which is good. which is one of the things that I love. DC Universe is based on that. Yeah, I think that was their flagship Mutants and Masterminds third kind of opened up with the DC Universe, right? It actually yeah, DC, yeah. DC Universe ended up becoming third. That became yeah. the testing bed. And if you haven't had the chance, you should go to seizethegm.com and look at the card catalog Mutants and Masterminds characters posted there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I will be honest. I, I am. I am unbelievably super juiced, and also honored that you invited me. And uh, I'm not going to give anything away, but let's just say that he inadvertently opted because this is we're we're he's like my brother, and he's he's my fratello. He's always going to be my bro, and he inadvertently put me in something that I studied kind of as a hobby because I was always fascinated about it and didn't even know it, but he's always been able to do that. Just it's those weird coincidences. So this is kind of like how he's like, he's my bro. So that's how I know it. So I was just like, Oh my gosh, great. I get to listen to, to all my, all these wonderful things that I love listening to, you know? So I'm like, Ooh, I get to listen back to it again. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just a wonderful little quinky dink. (laughs) That's fun. We, we collect them. Yeah. (laughs) So, all right. I, I, I think we, we kind of tease. So why don't you get into the, the well, the meat and potatoes of all this? Uh, so the, the way that this all came about is, um, like all good things do, is you're talking with your friends and you say, wouldn't this be cool? And this kind of aha moment that I had was uh, over Facebook. I was just randomly, I was reading, um, actually, that's not true. I wasn't reading. Um, my kids were reading old X-Men comics. Uh, we have a rule that says if you have to, if you want to watch TV or play video games, you have to read for an hour. And of course, in my house, comic books counts as reading. So they've been, uh, they were reading old X-Men, like starting with, you know, the old stuff and then getting into the Claremont stuff. Dark Phoenix Uh, saga kind of cool stuff. Yes, exactly. Right. that's, That's the era. Uh, and then, uh, you know, once they were kind of making their way through, I started saying, you know what? It's been a long time since I've um, read X-Men. I dropped off in the, ooh, I want to say late 90s, maybe early 2000s. And so I, I started going back and reading those old comics. Um, it, well, And, and I'm, I've actually just reached 2018, like this week. But it got me thinking. Like, I love the X-Men so much. I love what they stand for. I love kind of the family friend feel, you know, it was community, right? Rather than the Avengers, which is just kind of begrudging people that don't really like each other coming together. Right. Um, The the X-Men were all about family. And I thought, you know, wouldn't it be fun to run a game where everybody makes up, you know, mutant characters. And instead of the, um, the, the all new X-Men, Right, remember when you know uh, Wolverine and, and Colossus and yeah. Uh, yeah. and Storm and um, and Banshee and Sunfire and Nightcrawler, they all came together to rescue the original X-Men. Wouldn't it be cool if you created a bunch of characters and instead of those those um, those all new X-Men, 
going to rescue the, the original five? What if we just made new characters and then everything that happened to those X-Men would just happen to these new characters and it would be fun to see, you know, like just kind of go almost comic by comic or, you know, maybe big story beat by big story beat and see how they would react to all the stuff that happened to the originals. And they would, in effect, replace the originals in this kind of uh, offshoot universe. And I just posted that. Wouldn't that be fun? And I got so much response. Like, <laughs> oh my God, if you ever do that game, please let me play that game. Um, <laughs> yeah, I thought, dude, like, I, I am right there because I, and I never piped up, but like, I actually have been reading, like I've even started reading all of the new stuff recently. Mm-hmm. Like all the uncanny, like the new uncanny stuff. Yeah. Is so yeah. good. Oh yeah. yeah. I I I'll just pause to say that um one of my favorite uh series ever was the Wolverine and the X-Men. I did not expect to like it nearly as much as I did, but uh that run was just really really cute. Uh yeah. Awesome. Well, and I think one of the interesting things for our readers who don't just know you and, and want to hear all about this fun is you took that idea and, and realized with that response that this was something that people wanted and started putting it into play and putting it into motion. But to do that, you you didn't do it alone. Well, right. And so that's just my second part is I thought, you know, how am I going to do this? Immediately, I I wanted to grab a couple of people that might want to do this with me. Um, Garda Moget was, was one of them, um, and uh, Danny Yun who some of you may or may not know, it was, was another one. He does um, a lot of uh, Shadowrun missions stuff at conventions, and uh, if you're familiar with that. But um, I started asking, like, okay, so what's the best way to do this? How do we get this rolling? And immediately popped up, well, do we really want to do that? Or do we want to create a whole other universe that we could do whatever we want? And I started thinking, like, man... Yeah, wouldn't that be neat? And we, and we just the more that we talked about it, the more we realized that this had legs to go way further than just uh, a sort of um, you know X Men uh, in in the six one seven universe. Yeah, you know <laughs> X Men spin. Uh, so instead, we thought, what if we didn't do X Men per se? What if we created a whole other universe and started populating it? And what if we did a show about you know, this group, but then later we had another show about this group and, oh my God, we could do crossovers. <laughs> and that's, that's what really started like getting my mind going, um, was doing like crossovers. You know what I mean? Like having actual plays crossover. We talked about doing that actually. Wait, in the hidden, it, it, this is kind of like what, like the, are you talking like crossover, like the huge big onslaught mashup? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, years so, ago, or are you yeah. talking about time stream jumping? Where the, All I, of that. I, Both. I, so yeah, because there was one where I think they went yeah. back in time. Uh, they were like old pirate guys. I can't remember which one uh, that was. They do yeah, that all the time. Jewel comics are full of that. Like, what if what if we started doing comic tropes, but with this new medium, right? Yes. Like how would we how do we arrange all of this? How do we get it to the point where we can have actual plays, uh, you know, and 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 have the fans interact with this stuff, you know, as like the watchers. Right, so we just we just kept going. We just kept going, kept talking, kept talking, uh, and at that point, we decided we have to make a new universe, which is why we eventually called it the Optiverse. It's this totally new thing, and uh, okay, if if we're going to do that, now we have a number of other questions. Because if it's just the Marvel universe, or if it's just the DC universe, we already know everything about it. Like we 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 can even 
if we don't know something about it, we can easily find it. Um, so there's nothing that's going to creep up on us, and the GMs, you know, basically know everything about that universe as they run it. But if we're creating something new, then you really have to do groundwork. And that's basically, you could do the same thing about with uh, uh, Dungeons & Dragons, right? You've got a number of uh, pre-built settings, but if you're going to do your own, you should probably spend, well, quite some time doing some world building so that this just doesn't come about by accident. So that's that's where we got started. Gardemanger uh, and a number of other people were in on that initial conversation. Some have since dropped out because um, <laughs> those conversations can be overwhelming. <laughs> Fifteen dings per second on Facebook. Um, uh, yeah, but yeah, we, we have been muted a few times for me. <laughs> but, yeah, that's, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, yeah. Facebook Messenger and then shared Google Docs kind of provide the the. the core skeleton of how the uh, Optiverse got built out. Okay, now now hold on a second. So you were involved in helping do some of this cooperative world building. I was. Okay, so so Opti, how much is. of a pain in the ass was it to work with him? Uh, <laughs> he uh, what's the word? <laughs> he <laughs> Can be contrarian sometimes. Really? <laughs> yes. I he, never would have guessed. He's very particular about his about his ideas. Now, I will say this also: like he fights very hard for for his ideas, but he's also very gracious. Like once the decision has been made, you know, he doesn't pout or anything like that. He's, okay. he's, he's a gentleman. He, oh, a but, gentleman. But he does. But he does. You know put his opinion in there uh, in no uncertain terms. Yeah, it's his training. <laughs> well, and I think it also was interesting to get a collection of people working on this that, that shared what we've talked about on, on Seize the GM as far as uh, top-down and bottom-up people, that we had both big-picture and minutia-focused individuals trying to make something knit together. Yeah. Um, and so how... What surprised you and how that process worked? What came out of that that maybe you weren't expecting? Uh, so we had a couple of people who were asking questions that honestly I never would have asked, but that ended up making making this series better, uh, you know, or at least forming forming the world in in different ways. So, for example, like I was thinking, okay, um, what are the um, Jeez, I don't know. I actually didn't even have very much input. I just basically said, like, hey, Silver Age, let's go. You know? <laughs> uh, and so I got like, okay, I gotta have some locations and and uh, we've gotta have like all of these kind of um you know uh superheroes that kind of mimic or or trope off of other individual you know uh, existing superhero tropes. Um but they came in and it's like, okay, how does magic work? And I went, oh. You know, I suppose that we should we should talk about that because that that affects things. Or okay, um, are there any gods? Uh, and if so, like, what do they look like? Are there different gods for this? Are are gods real? Are they uh, like in the Marvel universe? Are they just really really advanced like you know beings? Or like in the DC universe where there's like a real god? You know, and, yeah. <laughs> and that and magic is is real or magic is you know just technology? Uh, what what are the um, relevant alien empires in, in this galaxy. You know, so what surprised me was how everybody seemed to come to this with their own uh, particular care, 
right? And then once we started building this and people started taking ownership of individual bits, it did surprise me about how much people cared about this, not because they were actually going to play in it. Like, for example, Gardemanger um, is not going to be playing, but he is very passionate about what it looks like and how it gets built. And that's probably because his DNA is, you know, all over, uh, all over the world. So <laughs> I, I, I will admit that, you know, there are certain podcasts that I think are kind of my touchstones when building out a, a silver and early bronze age style setting. Uh, we can put links in the doodly do, or just kind of mention, uh, you know, Jay and Miles explain the X-Men and uh, tighten up the defense. Both kind of look at those eras with a uh, sometimes critical, sometimes jaundiced, sometimes uh, appreciative eye. So uh, I will note that I uh, did take inspiration from elsewhere. However you got it is fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we had a couple of people you know, come along and ask questions again, like, hey, wh- who was the first superhero in this world? And I thought, man, I didn't think about that either. Like, you know, like and so, like, you know, is this is this world where superheroes have always existed? Are they new? You know, so we we basically like had to just think and think and think and think and think. And every time something new came up, I would come and I would ask, and we would talk about like, okay, so uh, are we going to have? Do aliens look humanoid? Right? Uh, and if so, why do they look humanoid? Which is a question, by the way, that does not get discussed very often in sci-fi. No, you have a bunch doesn't. of you have a bunch of like human looking aliens with like small different, you know, facial features. How does that happen? Like that, 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 that in, in all fairness, in all uh, fairness, Star Trek did address it. They did. Mm-hmm. And not only that, there've actually been like the science of science fiction, a couple of other things. A lot of it, if they are earth like worlds with similar gravity and similar, this and that, the other, uh, the whole evolution of certain things. If it's really high gravity, they're going to be short, squat, stumpy creatures. You know that kind of sure. stuff. Uh, I think it xenobiology. Thank you, brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just, uh, you know, thinking about all those things that I had never thought about was was and time travel was another one that we got sort of crazy on. Oh, <laughs> oh. Well, you do because if so you if you end up with like crazy people like the Flash who can literally run fast enough to punch through time, right? You have to ask those questions because that system has it built in to where you can do that. Right. Well, and I think from just a structural question, I think something that may be of interest is is you mentioned there were a bunch of people involved in the world building process and asking these questions and helping kind of shape the structure. What did you – how did you decide to divide up the duties in that world building process? Uh, so, is <laughs> being coy. Um, <laughs> we, we had one initial document. Um, we called it the Optiverse Bible. Well, we, no, we didn't. We called it the superhero thingy Bible for the longest time. Um, and we realized that that was just getting so full so quickly. And there were so many arguments that, you know, even if people weren't very, uh, passionate about something they would still just chime in and write stuff which was slowing decisions down and and slowing the you know discussions down because if you were busy talking about time travel then you weren't talking about the cosmic concerns you know and you weren't talking about the powers and all that kind of stuff so uh we came up with this idea of having 
subcommittees, right? Where like one one little group would be concerned about talking about cosmic stuff, one group would be concerned about uh, magic, and and uh, one group would be concerned about talking about uh, time travel, and one group would be about powers. So we split it up like that. And once we once we did that, two or three people in each group, which basically tells you a little bit of how um, how broad this was. Uh, we started moving very, very quickly. Uh, and, and it came together pretty quick. So everybody who was passionate about one thing all kind of lumped together, and then we came back uh, to talk about bigger issues that affected everything. And we still do that. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, and, and I should say, Bardemanger was the one who said, I'm going to do this. And then <laughs> he, he, was, well, he was the one, he was the Jethro that offered, uh, that offered me the... Uh, the uh, suggestions, and I was the Moses who who did it. Yeah, the thing is, like, if you're working, if you're collaborating with, it seems like a whole bunch of different people on different aspects of the world, going from like old to old times to new times. I mean, do you have you know, see, so you had somebody kind of uh, on powers. How did you handle like? I guess the best way to put it is making sure the history and the future are. I guess say believable, you know, because we always have those in comics. You always get that standard pain in the arse continuum issues. I mean, is that something you guys are actually working on to make sure that, as best we can, we're trying not to leave? Yes, we had we had very (laughs) very lengthy conversations about time travel. That might be well, that wouldn't be it wasn't the number one biggest conversation, but it was (coughs) one of the conversations that just kept persisting until we finally found a solution that we all were comfortable with. Now, I won't say anything about it, especially <laughs> since Jules is going to be on a show in which time travel plays a part. And so I don't want to spoil anything for for her. But yes, we did talk an awful lot about it and we all we all came to a conclusion where um you know, so so something if somebody goes in the past, it's not going to screw up what the other characters have already done in their shows. Um we it's, wanted to But avoid it's also that. like if you're doing the crossovers, it's you know, the, and I'm going to use, like, the Doctor Who reference. There are certain fixed points in time. Like, you yeah. can't go back and kill Hitler. It's a fixed point in time. Same thing like the the exploding of Krypton, which is also considered a fixed point in time. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah. Way too many texts from superheroes. Yeah, but, we do have uh, a, a – well, it's not unique. Um, but I think in the way that we're doing it and the way that it'll, it'll play out, I think it is kind of unique. Well, I think the fun part about this – is the world building was done by a committee with a, an overlord being Opti. Mm-hmm. But there are ongoing actual plays that are going to shape what the flavor of the world's going to be, which are designed to be done in conjunction with viewers on Twitch. And so I think this is one of the intriguing ideas and in, in where world building can really stretch. And what what question that you haven't answered yet, that you haven't figured out yet, uh, are you looking forward to seeing people kind of flesh out for you, Opti? Um, again, I started off by saying that I really liked the, the feeling of the X-Men because it was family. Um, and I think that the interaction between this world's heroes are really going to be where it shines. Um, because the way that we've got it, 
and the way that you'll see it is you have the player who will be shown on the Twitch stream, uh, and then they'll be right next to their character. So you'll get to be seeing both of them. We have some great art. Um, and I think that because you'll be watching that or because you'll be seeing that, uh, you're going to really like these characters. You're going to identify with them, and when they interact with each other, it's going to feel very real. And I hope that when you take these different shows, you know, whether it's the Variants first or the Justicars later uh, or the Guardian Allies even later than that, I hope that the interaction or the Cosmic Corsairs even later than that. I hope Ooh, that you're, you're already dropping. I, like, I love all these hints. Oh, I, I just love all these. Yeah, yeah. Hints. They're, we got to talk about what those <laughs> the thing are. Is like, second, but, he's doing but, like, you know, assonance and alliteration where it, and it doesn't sound dumb. So, you know, it's actually going to be awesome. Well, we leaned into the the kind of dumb sound like we thought you know what it didn't sound dumb to us when we were kids so let's just well, go with that same vibe it might be a little bit cheesy but it's but cheesy that, but not be okay. dumb. um but yeah i really i really can't wait for all of these characters to interact you know and it, it's not beyond the realm of when we see like a season two of the variants that maybe one of them won't be there because they've migrated to another show or something like that and those kind of things i just you can't predict you can't predict when somebody will be, you know, in a particular place. You can't predict how how they are going to react to this to similar situations that the X Men were in. You know, I can't predict who, you know, who the Phoenix would have gotten a hold of if if uh, if we would have played it that way. So I, I'm the kind of things that you can't plan for. The kind of things, you know, uh, or or the kind of powers, right? When they when these people say, "Hey, I want to play this kind of character," like, great. That's not at all what I would have thought, but we're populating this world with a bunch of really, really bizarre heroes that I would never would have thought of to do. So that's that's exciting. I can't wait to see. Um, we have we have the variants down. The variants uh, all have all their powers and their art and and who's playing them. But the other shows have not all been locked in yet, and and the art hasn't come in, and the characters haven't been made. So I can't I can't wait. I'm I'm pretty stoked. Yeah. And it's, it's okay. I, I'm actually I, looking forward I, to seeing how you do this because, you know, it's like, and also it's like, all right, Beast, join the Avengers for a while. And then you might right, have, yeah. okay, and the thing is like at that point, that one character has loyalty between their old group and the new group. And you're like, that's exactly right. That, and I'm those, looking I forward can't wait for that to happen. Yeah, yeah. And we, we, but if anyone says, oh, that's already going to be, yeah, some of that's already kind of um, being talked about. Like I said, they can't, you can't tell, you know, what what's going to go on, but. Um, like the the first the first show called the variants, uh, we had so much response from that original like, hey, does anybody want to play in this game? That I I ended up having people that I couldn't use right. So any you shouldn't really go beyond four players in a Twitch stream, but I'm pushing it because I think I'm I think I can handle it. We're pushing it to five, right? So all our shows are going to have five PCs. Um, but for this show, for the variants, we have a total of eight PCs. They're not all going to be running at once. In fact, a couple of them are going to disappear very, very quickly, like from the show completely, through various reasons. Um, oh, but we won't settle. We won't settle into the final cast until uh, until the third episode. And even then, we'll have somebody who said, "Oh, I can't be there that week." Cool. Well, we can have a cameo again from one of those people that you know that was around before. Uh, so that kind of stuff is fun too. That's crazy. I'm looking That's forward awesome. to this. So um, you mentioned some of the other potential shows, games after the variants. What can you tell us about what the Optiverse has in store for the listening and viewing public? 
I will. I'll give you guys um, some some insider information just because uh, I like you. Um, but the the <laughs> variance, yeah, I know. The variance is essentially our world's kind of version of the Teen Titans or the X Men. You know, it's it's the a bunch of students at the Greystone Academy for the prodigious. Uh, the headmaster has gathered a bunch of these genetic anomalies and uh, he, you know forming a team to to save the world from uh, from itself and also save them from the world. Uh, that show is going to start March twenty fifth. It's going to go every other week for eight sessions. That's that's kind of what we're calling a season. Um, and then halfway through that, and this is assuming that the variance doesn't just suck super bad, which I have I have no expectation that it's going to. I have the expectation that it's going to be pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> but if, if it goes the way we think it will, uh, we're going to start our second show, which is called The Justicars. And that is their uh, our sort of JLA or Avengers analog in the Optiverse. Um, and instead of GMing that one, I will be actually a PC in that one playing the um the hero named optimist because i can't stop myself <laughs> now there is an interesting bit about there's an interesting bit about this isn't there this isn't the first time the idea of the optimist has, has come out is it no okay so so like a little bit of story time um the i got the name opti because i used to play a character in the old city of heroes game called the optimist uh, and my guild just kept calling me Opti all the time. So when it came time to choose a, a persona, you know, for that Shadowrun stuff I do, I thought, man, I just I'll just choose Opti because everybody called me that anyway. Um, so yes, I used to play this this really neat character called the Optimist, and I just decided that is who I am. I'm not going to shy away from it. I'm going to lean into it. So <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Hey, don't don't be don't be sad, man. It's just like that. <laughs> Your first thing where it, where the inspiration comes from, it will stick. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, so, <laughs> okay. So after, I have, after I have a question Justicars, for though, you, though. Yeah, go Before ahead. you go into this, are you going to make the Optiverse available for other people that are not in these groups to play it? The, the hope and the dream is, again, <laughs> if, if this goes as well as we think it will – we are we've already kind of got the paperwork together to file, you know, Green Ronin, who produces Mutants and Masterminds Third, um, allows you to basically put out your own fan stuff, uh, you know, to kind of like sub license with them. So as long as you kind of fill out your, your forms and, and submit them, um, our plan is to put a source book together uh, sometime down the line of the Optiverse and release that to everybody. Yes. You, you might consider finding another name, <laughs> so you don't seem too pretentious. It's already done. It's already happened. <laughs> oh, it's already. It's, I'm already <laughs> that pretentious. I don't need anything else. <laughs> um, so yeah, after, uh, or I should say, after, um, after, after the Justicars started, I, maybe after Justicars, I can't. There's going to be in July. Um, and this hasn't yet come together quite a, quite yet. I don't know the exact timing of it, but during July we normally have the Shadowcasters uh, streamathon where we do like 36 hours of continuous streaming. Um, I'd like to get a special. That'll be like the first of our crossover episodes Ooh. where we'll do you know we'll take characters from the two shows and maybe mix them up with another group of characters from an upcoming show, 
and then you know have that kind of be like a huge time crisis or a huge cosmic crisis, and then spin a couple of those characters off into their own show, um, which will come later. So the next show after that, spinning out of this sort of cosmic crisis, will be the Cosmic Corsairs, which, again, I don't want to give too much away, um, but the uh, they're going to be... The name kind of gives you some hints. I, yes, it does. They're going to be a team yes. of like galactic pirates, essentially, who get into hijinks. Um, and again, if we're talking just straight-up analogs, I don't want to lean too hard into this, the comparison, but they'd be like the Guardians of the Galaxy you know, type group, except they're, they're more piratey. Um, yeah, Mega Man on DC's side is another good example, but sure. at this at the, some point, or the uh, Star Jammers, I guess. Some yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, at, at some point, just, I'll just drop one more. I'll just drop one more, and then we're going to have another special episode, uh, hopefully during AetherCon, uh, that will essentially spin off. Uh, it'll be a group of folks from the future coming back to warn the past about something they need to stop, which is another classic you know, uh, comic book trope. Uh, and then something that will happen with them will spin off into their own show called the guardian allies, which I'm well, really excited about. And that's and the that, one that Jules is on, by the way. Well, and that's something that I think you <laughs> talked about early on is that this is kind of a way to explore what are pretty well-defined tropes in the comic book world and universe and with a, a fresh eye. And you're seeing a lot of the, the idea of, we like these concepts, but why are we beholden to 60 years of history or 80 years of history? Or more. Can we tell a fresh yeah. story with these same kind of, of Commedia dell'arte archetypes? Yeah, and one of the things – thank you for, for putting it that way. We have gone back to a sort of silver or bronze age um, mentality in that we don't want our heroes to be super gritty. We want them to be um, – for uh, aspirational. Yeah, we want people to look up to them, right? We want them to generally do the right thing. We want them to have problems, right? Like 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 the X-Men or like Peter Parker or maybe not so much like Iron Man, but like maybe, right? Like we want them to have issues. We want them to have problems, but we don't want them to be dark and anti-hero-ish like basically all of comics are today. Um, you, you don't want them to be the Watchmen. Uh, no, no, yeah. no. Like you know, and again, we want we want to make this a sort of um, well. I mean, like on a scale of uh, on a scale of uh, Umbrella Academy to Steven Universe, we want to be closer to Steven Universe, <laughs> right? Um, and one of the cool things that we can do with this world, though, is be aspirational in a different way than comics was able to be back then, and say, what if we also did diversity? Right. Like what if we also had lots of people of color? What if we also had lots of different genders and different sexualities? And so that's going to be represented not only with the players or not only with the characters, but with the players as well, as I think that will be very, very evident when we start. Um, The entire Optiverse just really, really tries hard to value inclusion and to not have any of those sort of – accidental tropes, you know, of those old superheroes where it's always saving the damsel in distress. Well, no, maybe this time it'll be the damsel saving you. Um, Which, again, we get to play with the the tropes by subverting them in some really fun and important ways. That is awesome. Uh, So, 
we're 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 kind of coming up on time here. So all right, so we are gonna be able to get this from you're gonna have a website. Yeah, uh is... we, we will have a website, but it's it's gonna be I'll be honest, the website's not gonna be much. Um what it's... you're gonna wanna do is just go to twitch.tv slash shadowcasters network. That's where it's going to be on uh, March 25th. And we'll have that in the doodly-doo. And what time on the 25th will you be doing the Twitch stream? Do you know? It'll be 9 Eastern, 8 Central, 6 uh, Pacific. And it'll go for about three hours. Uh, oh, I should, oh, let me just say one really, really quick thing. So Mutants and Masterminds, 3rd Edition, it does one really, really cool thing. Um, and that is the relationship between... Uh, complications and hero points. Uh, <laughs> and so complications is basically like the thing that your character has intrinsic to them that complicates their life. Right. So Peter Parker's got secret identity and he's also got high school. Right. Um, in, in most game systems, you know, you might be, you might have a flaw and that might give you like extra bonus, you know, points at the beginning while you're creating your character. And then you try the rest of the entire game to, avoid that having any real consequence, right? You kind of game the system. In Not Mutants with complications, man. Right. <laughs> in Mutants and Masterminds, they actually encourage the player, not the GM, to use their own complications. And when you do, whenever you use your complication in, you know, in, a, in a role-playing sense that makes sense to the game, the GM gives you a hero point every single time, yep. right? Dude, so, I used to have... I had a. We used to play DC, and uh-huh. my character's name. My character was Jumper. He was a teleporter. His complication was sucker for a pretty face. So they would be in the middle of saving like a city block, and he would see some cute girl, and he'd be like, "Hey, uh, can I get your number?" Right, <laughs> which, which might actually cause you guys to lose that oh, battle. Yeah. Right, and if you lose the battle, then the GM again would give you a hero point. Yeah. Right, so. The ebb and flow of the game is you spend the first part, you know, the first kind of uh, couple scenes losing and, and your complications, right? But you're building up hero points, right? Yep. And, and then at the end, you have the big battle and the hero points come into play and they give you rerolls, they give you bonuses, they give you the ability to hit something you might not otherwise have been able to hit. So hero points are really, really important and it adds to... Um, the kind of uh, drama of the show when everybody's trying their best to use their complications and do good role play in order to get hero points. Now, what we're doing on the Twitch stream is we have a stream boss, which kind of feels, uh, those of you guys who watch uh, Twitch shows, everybody who donates anything or they give bits or they subscribe, you know, they, they take down the hero boss's HP. Well, once the hero boss, or the stream boss, once the stream boss gets zero, the person who put it over the edge becomes the new stream boss, and then you know people try to take them down in the same way. Well, whoever takes down the stream boss gets a hero point. They can either give it to one of the players, they can give it to the GM, they can give it to a particular NPC, or they can keep it for themselves and use the hero point as if they were a sort of omniscient watcher in the story. So we have a really, really neat way for the audience to interact and actually influence the story in some pretty important ways. So that'll be super, super fun to see what they do with that. That is fun. That is really awesome. It's going to be cool. I'm just, ah, I'm psyched. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be pretty awesome. And again, this is, this is a really, really ambitious project. Um, 
I don't, I mean, I, I've done a lot of really cool and big stuff before, but um, I've had to basically go on this huge learning curve uh, to, to learn a lot of different stuff like Twitch and OBS studios and even uh, um, Photoshop and After Effects. You know, I've just been a renaissance man as far as software lately, um, but it's, it's starting to pay off and, and I'm pretty stoked. If you want to see some of the art, um, you can go to uh, Neo Dash Anarchist Podcast uh, on uh, Facebook. I've been throwing up some uh, some of the art of the characters, which uh, looks super super cool too. So if say, you want to check it out, put two up, haven't you? So far, yeah, two up so far. Yeah, see, uh, I follow it. <laughs> <laughs> we have, I, I, uh, when you first were talking about it, seriously, when you first started talking about this, I was like, oh my god, I so want to do this. If you want to hop in, man, I'll, I'll find a spot. <laughs> We'll I talk need, after I need, this. I need, I need another GM. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk. Okay. We'll talk about this. Uh, tomorrow. I'm I'm free tomorrow. We'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, that's uh that's that's what we're doing. Um, um, you know, mutants and masterminds. I should say, Green Ronin has been really good to us too. Um, they have, uh, given us a lot of cool promotional material, a lot of encouragement. And, uh, like I said, they gave us PDFs for our players, you know, to be able to use. So, um, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very stoked. And they, and they, they also, um, really appreciate diversity and, and they're really cool company, uh, in a, in an era where the RPG industry seems to be crap in the bed all over the place. Um, Green Ronin seems to be doing a pretty good job. Yeah. Yep. All right, guys. Well, let's go ahead and uh, I think we're going to call this wrapped up. It was really good talking to you again, man. Yeah, man. It was <laughs> great to be here with you guys. I saw all the names when I logged into the, the Skype and I was like, oh, <laughs> I remember this. <laughs> we got we to gotta finish Queen Euphoria one of these days. Oh, God, we do. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think we still have the uh, audio for how we re-engineered 5th edition to work in 1st edition. Mm. Oh, man. And somewhere we've got the uh, audio of the uh, decking run. <laughs> yeah, somewhere. It's, uh, it's crazy. Noel, do you have any questions for Opti that we haven't answered yet or anything we think uh, we should tease the listeners with? I just keep looking at that OptiRoast logo and I'm just loving every minute of it. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, do. Yeah. Jules? <laughs> oh, you, oh, FYI, very, 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 extremely important. Is Opti going to have a theme song? Uh, you know, we are going to have music. Um, uh, Prism Shard is going to be writing some of our music, so I haven't heard any of it yet. I don't know what exactly it's going to be like, but no, I don't think I can afford uh, Opti he, to have his own. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, no, music. Prism Shard's awesome. He did Give the intro music for my podcast, so it's it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, he's good. Oh, brilliant! I'm looking forward to that. I was I was uh, while I was testing out stuff. I was using a uh, a ukulele cover of the old X Men uh, cartoon <laughs> theme <Nice>. song. Dee dee dee. It was really, it was really soothing. It really got me in the mood. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right, guys. Well, we're gonna go ahead and wrap this bad boy up, and we will talk to you guys all in two weeks. Yeah, then. Guys. See you later. <laughs> Take care. <laughs>
can contact us or the show using Twitter, Facebook, or plain old email. Our Twitter accounts are at Zendead, at Jules Podcaster, and at 2050Gardemanger. And the show's Twitter account is at SeizeTheGM. You can find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash SeizeTheGM. Or chat with us and other RPG lovers in our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash seize the GM. You can email questions or comments to the show at admin at seize the GM.com. And if you have a few bills you want to send us, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash seize the GM podcast. And we thank you. joining us for this episode of CCGM. Feel free to leave a comment about this episode on our webpage www.seizethegm.com Let the dice fall where they may, and we'll see you all again next week. Seize the GM is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. All copyrighted materials referenced herein are held by their respective owners. No infringement intended, and no claim of ownership is implied. The music for the show is Dreaming Spirit off the album Ghost Machine by the Enigma TNG. His music is released under a Creative Commons Attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license.